Hey everybody. Hi friends. I'm Megan. And I'm Allison and welcome to Out of the Average Podcast. Welcome everyone. Hi there. So today we are popping into some game theory, which I think is interesting for the pod. Um, I'm bringing up like three different game theory dilemmas as well as going into some game theory. So we're gonna kind of like expand our minds a little bit this episode. Yeah. And let's have fun. Yeah, let's Let's get get into it. Let's get weird. So obviously, as we know on the podcast, media is very important to me and media is very important to us. And so while discussing like the game theory that we're going to discuss today, I do want to talk a little bit of how like I've not being a game theorist myself, not even taking game theory in college as a math major, because game theory is so mathy, um, very like involved in like applied mathematics and economics and business and such like that. Um, I didn't, I didn't learn any of this in college. So I'm just going to give that little disclaimer there. Um, But I did learn about game theory through different sorts of medias. So the first, well, actually I'll mention one that we've already mentioned on the pod already. Um, so if you guys remember all the way in the, be- I feel like it was all the way in the beginning of our, our podcast, one of the, maybe not the very like first few episodes, but maybe within the top, like the, the first 10 episodes, we talked about the anthropic principle. And the reason mm. we talked about the anthropic principle was because I was talking about the, this video game called the Zero um, Escape Trilogy. Um, they deal a lot with like those sort of moral dilemmas um, that involve game theory because you're playing this multiverse video game and it's so dependent on the decisions that other people make as well as the decisions you make, which is very much what game theory is about. Yes. Totally. And do you want to go over Anthropic Principle really quick, just in case someone hasn't listened to those previous episodes? Yeah. So... Uh, the anthropic principle, it's very involved. So I'm going to try to explain it as concisely as possible. But basically, the and, and the anthropic principle is highly debated. I don't know if we, we chatted about that in the episode. But um, it's kind of this idea that, you know, based on like our observation of the universe, like there's almost a fundamental requirement for like a universe Uh, for there to be like life in the universe in order for the universe to exist if that makes sense because yeah yeah because if we can't physically like we have there's no life that exists then who's there to be like oh it to observe it exactly like if there was no oxygen in our atmosphere we wouldn't be able we wouldn't be who we are now because we have to breathe oxygen to survive Yes. And then if it wasn't, who knows what would be here instead of us if it was like exactly. only if there was no oxygen. So yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much the anthropic principle. Um but uh yeah, so the zero escape game deals with a lot of game theory. Um so I've learned about it through there. But another place that I've um seen this like game theory play out was in a manga I read probably over like 10 years ago called The Liar Game. Um, The Liar Game, it has like a ton of, uh, not spinoffs, but like they've made like 
a Japanese drama about it. They've made like movies about it. They've made um, like recent, more recently a South Korea, like South Korea made a drama of it. So like, it's pretty popular over, over there in, in Asia and Japan. And so the liar game is uh, again, a manga written by um, Shinobu Kaitani. And basically it's about a, like a naive college student um, who receives a package in the mail containing like a hundred million yen, which would be about like um, a million USD. Um, and a note that she's like now a contestant in this thing called the liar game. And so in this fictional tournament, like contestants are encouraged to cheat and lie to obtain other contestants money. Um, and with the losers forced to bear a debt proportional to their losses. So like, you don't want to lose your money or you have to pay. Jeez. Yeah. It's yeah. not like you, you don't just like come out with nothing. You literally come out worse for wear. Exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. And like, you don't even choose to, to be a part of this game. It's kind of chosen for you. So what's fun is she, um, kind of, uh, makes an alliance with this, uh, con man and they, um, manage so he's very very smart because he's playing all these mental games and it's a lot of game theory so if you're into game theory I definitely recommend watching it because it's really cool and it's really fun that sounds so interesting it is so interesting it is like it's taking that idea of like um like what happens if you find a wallet with like a hundred dollars in it like but to like the next level like oh yeah exactly well now you have to yeah, now you're playing like Russian roulette because of this, this money. So like, be careful. Um, yeah, so there are specific game theory theories, like not theories, I guess they're called dilemmas um, that I want to chat about. But let's talk, first talk about like what exactly game theory is and just some background behind it. Again, I'm not a game theorist. I wasn't, I didn't take any game theory classes in college. I kind of regret that now because I feel like I would have really enjoyed it, but like- Like it would have made it fun. I was like, and not that game theory doesn't have to do with pure mathematics, but I was a pure mathematics major. And I think people who are playing game, if playing game theory, like studying game theory were more of like the applied mathematics, you know, economic majors, like business majors, sort of, sort of people. I was never like required to take it. Um, but Game theory is a branch of mathematics concerned with the analysis of strategies for dealing with like competitive situations where the outcome of a participant's choice of action depends critically on the actions of other participants. And again, like I said before, like game theories is used in all sorts of contexts like war, business, biology, economics. Um, And so it's very involved. We're not gonna get into it, but that's just like, basic core of what game theory is. And the key, the key pioneers of game theory were um, mathematician John von Neumann. So he was from Budapest, Hungary. Um, he was also really involved in like the arms race and nuclear physics. Uh, he was around like during like, I guess like the 19, the early 1900s was like where his work was. And then also economist Oscar Morgenstern, who was from, I guess it, it said the German empire. So like Germany. Um, and then a guy who really, um, helped progress game theory and like specifically the work of Morgan Stern and von Neumann was a man named John Nash. Now, have you ever heard of John Nash before? Yes, I have heard of John Nash before. Yes. (laughs) Because if you've seen the movie, A Beautiful Mind, it's of his life. And so that's, I saw that. Yeah. That was a good movie. I actually, (gasps) you totally should watch it. It's, it's a, a beautiful mind. Yeah, you should watch it. I've heard of it. I've like definitely heard of it. I, I just don't think 
I'm now I'm thinking I'm like maybe we did watch it in a, like AP psychology but this is about him um this guy John Nash he's not just a guy he's like a Nobel Prize winning mathematician <laughs> no let me put that but out you know yeah A Beautiful yeah. Mind it is that movie yeah, yeah I have seen that movie yeah and Paul so, Bettany's in it right oh wait you've never seen it never I haven't it. seen it so I don't know I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm pretty I sure just that's figured I'd mind. put it out there because it is a, a very well-known movie y'all it's a I very no we're what, recording about this guy we're recording earlier than we're used to and my brain is like mush kind of still but yeah a beautiful mind is that one movie with Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany and that was a really yes movie. Russell Crowe Crow is in it you I should watch that. it I do you, sh- you should definitely watch it maybe because- you should watch it with me I'll, I would watch it again. I've seen it multiple times. It's really good. Wait, that's is how this I the one you like me. or the one you don't like? No, no, beautiful. Mind. No, oh, okay, this is the one that I like. Yeah, okay. this is the one about John Nash. That's mm-hmm. how I learned about who John Nash was. Was from this movie. Okay, cool. And I, I already think... heard about this guy for the first time today. I mean, oh, I mean, not today. Like obviously, I think like this week. <laughs> I watched A Beautiful Mind in. It might have been psych class in high school, hmm. I think. That's what I'm saying. I feel like if I did see it, I watched it in AP Psychology. But for some reason, I feel like we didn't watch A Beautiful Mind. We watched something else. But like they were I, like, oh, you should watch A Beautiful Mind because of this. Yeah, I definitely watched it in high school. No, I don't know if I definitely watched it in high school. I saw it in high school for the first time. Like that's the first time I really remember watching it myself. Because it's that Ron Howard movie. And it was like, I don't know. It was like really well done. And also... I like math too. So like, so I'm also just like partial to learning about that kind of stuff anyway. Yeah. 100%. Um, Anyways. So, yeah, no worries. So Josh Nash is most known for um, like in-game theory, something called the Nash equilibrium. Have you ever heard mm. of this? Just vaguely. Just vaguely. And again, I know, morning tired mush too. brain. <laughs> so the Nash equilibrium, it's like, um, it's a decision-making theorem within game theory that states a player can achieve a desired outcome by not deviating from their initial strategy. So it's really based right. off the fact that players will make the most rational decision for everyone involved. But as we and know- it's almost like, is that like kind of like stick to- stick to the stick plan to, like stick like, to your plan stick to your guns kind yeah, of and don't guns, don't deviate even if it seems like you should don't. yeah like it, it's really taking into consideration I, I don't actually I don't want to say anything that would be technically wrong but it it's not so much like picking the best outcome for everybody but like picking the most rational outcome. okay you know it's like stick to the stick to the plan stick to what you're you're working right okay um and so in game theory we have cooperative games and we have non-cooperative games and so cooperative games include players and payoff so meaning like how the group can form how like allegiances can form and how they allocate the payoff which would i guess be like the rewards or losses right um and then non-cooperative games are like for example like rock paper scissors you have like a certain like combination of ways that you can win but like it there's no both people can't ever win it's only one you can draw yeah you can draw but you can draw but you can't have only one person wins that game it's also hard to make a strategy for for those sorts of games though i did learn recently that so like again there isn't strategy but it's it's no yeah no i know what you mean it seems more like you can't really project like like flipping a coin 
because it's a 50 50 chance that's also like a non yeah because it's not and also again like one person is going to win there either nobody wins or one person win you can never have both people win Mm. or all three people win if you're doing like a three yeah or like yeah like literally be only one person outcome or draw i did learn recently like fairly recently that you there is a way it's so hard but there is a way to like study i mean it's easier to win those non-cooperative games like rock paper scissors like if you know if your opponent like isn't random if, if you, you know if you your opponent paper. <laughs> well, no. if you know i'm sorry i feel like i always not that i always win that's like such a exaggeration but i always use paper and i feel like everyone always starts with rock so like right it is the easiest one to go with because your hand's already in a fist exactly so it is but like there's a way that's my strategy if you want to win at rock paper scissors just use scissors with me like honestly (laughs) but there is a way to tell so you can tell based off of the person's hand um Mm. and the fleck like your hand will flex but it's only so slightly or it won't ah or it won't flex at all but it will either flex a little bit if you they, if you know you're about to go out, but it's so slim, like you would really have to be like an expert to study it. But there was a robot, I think in Japan, like in a Japanese university. Oh my God, yes. And I've there was a it. robot yeah. that studied like people doing rock, win? paper, scissors, and it was able to win almost, ev- I think it was like every single time, but I'm not going to say an absolute. So I think almost every single time, because like it would be able to study like milliseconds before the person threw what their hand was going to do. And then they were able to react fast enough. So it's like if our human brains were, would be able to like acknowledge that flex, and then we'd be able to actually like win in the game but yeah sorry this is like a no that's really interesting and I do remember I do remember hearing about that robot I do remember yeah yeah it's it's pretty it's very it's a very interesting thing I also vaguely remember hearing about something like I I don't remember I'd have to find those studies some something about like someone did a study about like people doing rock paper scissors blindfolded or something but I don't remember it all and I'm like also I don't know how that would turn it would show that it's like completely random because you wouldn't be able to guess your point wait wait can we wait because we're on can we can we close our eyes and do rock paper scissors (laughs) okay okay we'll we'll do rock paper scissors shoot right okay rock and we'll go out on shoot well our eyes will close so yeah yeah, go out ready all right Right. I did paper. <laughs> oh, I did scissors. I, you know what? I didn't do paper because I was like, I literally just ruined my strategy. I never do paper first. I feel like I, I won, never guys. do paper first. <laughs> yeah. Do you that know it's funny? That so, was fun though. I enjoyed that. I do it with my sister, and we can't. Me and Melissa cannot do rock paper scissors to to win an argument because oh, we always throw God. the same thing, and we always Sorry. throw the same thing when we play rock paper scissors. Me and my twin. Um, it's so funny. So we can never like say like let's do it because then that happens I mean after a while we break out of it but it takes it takes a minute sometimes 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 we get stuck in an actual loop it's ridiculous I was gonna do paper but then I did scissors so I'm glad (laughs) you did paper I was like I was like like, I'm not doing rock I I think I I probably go for the rock I don't know all right okay yeah so moving forward no it's okay I I enjoyed that little uh tangent Because we always use that. We do always use tangents. (laughs) In math math podcasts. I mean, not that we have a math podcast, but we've had some really math. We have talked about. Oh my God, I'm (laughs) a math over here. 
<laughs> this is the morning. It's the morning. It's, it's the morning, guys. All right. Okay. Um, so it's important to note in game theory, and like I'm gonna link the source I found that like gave me the rundown of like all of this because it's called like it was like investopedia.com. Like, thank you, investopedia, because like it made like these not complicated situations, but I feel like it really ran down like everything I needed and wanted to know well. And that source specifically notes that like, it's important that um, like, it's assumed that players within the game are rational and are going to strive to maximize their payoffs in the game. Right, um, because if you have just like a chaotic person, then you won't be able to, like a chaotic person who doesn't care whether or not they win or lose. Yeah, exactly. Then, like, then they, who have like no stakes in the game. Exactly. Then yeah. you really have no idea where where it's gonna where go. it's gonna go. Yeah. The most famous um, dilemma in game theory is known as the prisoner's dilemma. And now, have you ever heard of the prisoner's dilemma before? No. Okay. I'm not familiar with it. All right. So this is this is the dilemma. The prisoner's dilemma is the one that I'm specifically talking about when I'm talking about like my like the stuff I've learned about in media. Like this is this is specifically the dilemma I've learned of. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set the scene for you a little bit. Um, and so, um, since the most well known example, it's so basically the the baseline like dilemma of this because there are many different ways that you can put this in context of like real world situations. But this, there's an example of like two criminals who are arrested for a crime. And so like the prosecutors have like no evidence to convict them of the crime. And so they want, but they still want to gain a confession. So they separate the two criminals who are obviously in cahoots, right? Like they're, they're partners. Um, they put the partners in solitary cells and question each one. And so neither of the prisoners have a way to communicate with each other. So there's no way to know what's going on. There's no way to see their body language. There's no way to read them. They're completely separated and isolated. Um, then the officials, like the, I guess the prosecutors, the people questioning them, give them four deals. And so, um, and it says here on like the website that it's displayed in like a two on two box. So you can see like the, um, the yeah, like a four like, outcomes. Box. Yeah. 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 So the four deals go as follows. If both of them confess, they will each receive a five-year prison sentence. If prisoner one confesses, prisoner two does not prisoner one will get three years and prisoner prisoner two will get nine years. If prisoner two confesses and prisoner one does not, prisoner one will get 10 years and prisoner two will get two years and if neither confesses each will serve two years in prison so like before going going forward we're assuming that they didn't previously come up with um an alibi together we're assuming that they didn't have so, time to create an alibi because i feel like if yes. you were in cahoots with someone you'd be like all right if we get arrested this is what we say yes it's very true. And so actually it doesn't even talk about, I should not that I should have done more research on that, but it doesn't even say it's, it's, I don't even think it's less, a, it's about like what the alibi specifically is. I think it's more about like, just like a confession. And no, like, totally. Yeah. yeah, no, I get that. I just mean like, I feel like but it's true. It's like, you know, of, well, if they both they have a plan and then their alibis don't match, like, what does that mean? So like yeah. another like random occurrence. No, or like, like their allies do, they both say like the exact, exact same, same thing because clearly they had planned it out 
already. Well, I but then again, that, I guess- would, that would definitely be between like if they both confess to doing it like that and they have the same alibi, then they get they both get the five year sentence. But then also you would it say, makes more like, sense to just not confess. Well, that's what exactly what I was about to say. I was like, the alibi doesn't matter if they both don't confess and they only have to serve two years in prison. That at the end of the day, they are receiving, they are getting punishment. It's not like, at least in this example, it's not like they're not gonna be in like one of them's not gonna be in jail. Like right. both of them are gonna be in jail. Regardless, they're gonna be in jail, but yeah. they'll get the least amount of time if neither of them confess. So it's almost like why say anything in the first place? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's how I think about it. Right. I feel like, like if you and I were in this situation, yeah, if, of all the crime that we're, that we're, listen, I listen to how many true crime podcasts and documentaries. <laughs> no, but for real, like if listen, we were if both we in, confess on this podcast together, Megan, we only get five years. So like, we got yeah, but if that. neither of us confesses, then we only get two years. We only get two so years. let's well, just never say anything. That's let's how just I not, feel. not it, say anything ever because and, why? And so the idea of like this dilemma is that the most like the best way for this to like turn out is for neither of one of them to confess. Because like, but you don't know if one of them is going to like the the police officer or whoever it might be might be like, oh, well, your guy just said something. Yeah. And then like, they're like, all right, well, then I guess let me just confess. It's a game of moral dilemma. It's a game of trust and it's a game of like trusting your partner and the but this is where it's like you know you assume everyone's rational and is going to make the most rational decision but you never you never quite know um and since neither neither of them are like aware of the strategy it's said like that most likely both like in the most probable scenario not so much best case scenario but in the most probable scenario um both will likely confess and receive right. a five-year prison because they want to make sure that they're not getting the worst off yeah you want to make sure you're not getting the worst um so it's almost like rather than hoping for the best you're just trying to avoid the worst yeah um the nash equilibrium in this from what the source said the nash equilibrium decision so this decision that like kind of like uh like is the most not like the most rational but the thing that will almost maximize the the payoff for for each person is that like in terms of the way that the each prisoner is thinking like the players will make the move that's best for them individually but worse for them collectively right Mm -hmm. and so and this is like it's just interesting because I feel like it would depend on who I mean you're in cahoots with like it would depend on the society that you are from it would depend on your prison system if you have more of a rehabilitation yeah. basis system or if it's actually like lock you up in jail for the next five years and you rot in yeah. a cell yeah. I feel like there's so many factors to to I know and like when I think about me as a person you know obviously I've never been in a situation like this yeah but I really feel like I'd be a person who is like no I'm not gonna confess me because because we'd only get two years but then I'd also feel like my the Scorpio in me would be super distrusting now that I think about it and be See? like, you know, yeah, maybe I will confess because, you know, either, either if I confess, then I get five years, like if we both do it. And then if I just confess, then I only get three years because I'm, I'm going to be prisoner one in this situation. Okay. Yeah. But then like, say you're prisoner one and you don't confess. Right. And then I confess and then I you'll get, get years. 10 years, but then I still only get two years so at that point I would if as being prisoner two 
if I don't confess, then I'm going to only serve two years in prison. If I do confess, but I don't know whether or not you did confess, I could get two years or I could get freaking nine years in prison. Yeah. So at that point, like I have trust issues. So I, well, we both have scorpion yeah. on our chart. Char- so I'm not going to lie. I, but it, I feel like if it was you, like if, if it, it was, was me and you, you I, I wouldn't say anything. Like, to be honest, no. To be honest, I'm not throwing you regardless. Under but if it was a random person that I was like, yeah, let's like rob a bank and get ten million dollars together, I might confess. No, I still wouldn't confess. Oh really? Be- mm-hmm. Well, because we're not getting two million dollars together. This is we're both going to jail. So at that point, oh, that, at that point, then it just neither confesses. At but that I point, trust that other person. That's what I'm saying. Like if it's a person that I don't know. I wouldn't trust you're that right person. you don't want to put like your faith because like say it I didn't really know on the person if I didn't know with. prisoner one if I didn't know who it like, was if I didn't and, know person, and I was like I no I'm not someone, if I just know prisoner one well, I'm prisoner one but if I know prisoner two as a, a person who will rob banks and I don't know anything else about them I don't know if I wouldn't confess like I don't know if I would trust them to not confess I know what you mean. Cause like I, prob- I would never want to confess. I would just never own up to it regardless. Oh. But okay. then like, say the person that I'm I didn't so know was prisoner was prisoner one and they did end up confessing. And I still was like, no, I'm not saying anything. Then I'm the one that's stuck in jail for a really long time. And sure. they only get three years. So they'll still get, they'll still get a year more than whether or not, like if they hadn't confessed, but if they did and I didn't, then I'm in prison for nine years yeah, and they get to go free after three and that's like annoying but the thing is is like as much as I do have trust issues I still wouldn't I feel like I would just never confess you just never stubborn wanna... and just be like no I, I wouldn't do it, it I would be like me. nope I don't know who did it yeah. it wasn't me okay. nope sorry I'm just gonna go to jail for nine years if that's gonna be the case otherwise yeah. I'm gonna jail for only two years because hopefully my partner is smart enough to not if it was I- my first gut reaction in this sort of case is to not confess why would you confess what unless they were threatening my family members I would not confess that that's about it that's about it like it doesn't make sense but so so (laughs) moving forward though you said there's more kinds of dilemmas yeah so there's more there's even more I only picked like so this is the prisoner's dilemma again the most well-known one and then I picked two more but there's actually even more dilemmas that if you want to go and like like yeah ham and figure out all these dilemmas you def can the next dilemma I have is um the volunteers dilemma okay so um in a volunteers dilemma someone has to undertake a chore or a job for the common the common good um so the worst the worst possible outcome is realized if nobody volunteers for for this this chore or like this 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 theory job. sounds like like someone invented it who had lived with roommates before i'm crying <laughs> that's what this reminds well that of. could be a real life context for for that. right right because um, i'm like just reading just you telling me that first sentence i'm like mm. Yeah, like one person like, has to do the job for the common good. I was like, the common good, the they gotta do the dishes. They gotta Someone's got to clean the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> like, gotta, yeah, got to clean the bathroom. But yeah. like, so um, this is just like it. I there's no like uh, no deals here, but yeah, it it does give an example of like a company in which like accounting fraud is rampant, and though like and so like top management is not aware of it. 
some of the junior employees in the accounting department are aware of the fraud but hesitate to tell top management because it would result in the employees involved in the fraud being fired and most likely prosecuted. But then there's also the other side of like having repercussions of telling the truth and like or like right yeah you don't want to be like a snitch kind of exactly so there's like the repercussions of you know obviously like the accounting fraud happening and you knowing about it and then whether or not you're gonna so this in this situation the the job for the common good is telling top management the truth right and then even though your coworkers are going to get fired but then if you don't say anything, but then you're labeled as a whistleblower, perhaps, yes. or you might not be. But then if you don't say anything and then the fraud is still going on, the company is going to be robbed of tons of money. Yeah, exactly. And and everyone's going to lose their jobs. Anyway. Everyone's going to lose. Yeah. yeah. So that's just kind of like, do you take one? It's for a very the simplistic, not simplistic, but the volunteers dilemma, like that's basically it. It's like, you know, what you're you stuck in a pickle and then you're like, you should probably just be the whistleblower or quit your job. That's how I I feel. I've, I've been in, honestly, I've been in situations where like, I'm a snitch. Like, Like, I've been in situations where like, where I've said things. Cause you're more, you morally wouldn't be able to not I, I, I would not be able to say, yeah. And honestly, I would talk about it on the podcast, but I actually don't think it's quite appropriate to talk about the specific situation on the podcast but I am thinking of a very specific situation where it was like you know I couldn't just leave it but then were you labeled as a whistleblower or no it actually all worked out because of the fact that you acknowledge it honestly there were people who probably labeled me as a whistleblower but the most important person to me in the situation got the help they needed Okay, so, so then, so it, honestly, you were still doing it for someone. And this that... is the thing: I'm not one of those people who necessarily care if certain people like me. Like there are other, there are people that I want to like me, but mm-hmm. like the people in the situation that like were not like were you don't care like, if they oh, like you or don't. You, why did you yeah. say something? It was like I don't really care what you think. Like I care about the person who was like in the situation. You were still doing it for someone else. Exactly. In that situation, you weren't even doing it really for yourself to make yourself feel better. You were doing it because you were protecting someone. Yeah. So yeah, it is kind of a different situation. Yeah, the situation. I understand. Different, but um, but But I I understand why you did it. The dilemma. I understand the dilemma when it comes to your job and and money and stuff. Right. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't dealing with jobs and money. Right. Right. But um. But I understand this like sort of volunteers dilemma of like totally. And then it also reminds me of oh my god, what is? I mean, it's a little different, and it's, but it's more of like a moral dilemma where oh my god, I don't know what the theory is called because it's just coming to the top of my head. But it's like um, are you thinking of the trolley um, problem? What? I'm saying is, are you thinking of the trolley problem? No, I'm not. What's oh. That? Oh, well, I remember that was on The Good Place, right? They talked about The Good Place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did talk about it on The Good Place. I remember learning about that at one point. It was probably psych. Do you want to? No, it's not as fun as. I no, mean, it's like, a little dark. Uh, but not even, that's it. not even game theory, though, is it? I don't think no, so. No, it's not. It's just a moral, moral dilemma. dilemma. But like, yeah. honestly, so game theory and in terms of like the prisoner's dilemma and the volunteer's dilemma, I also feel like it does play into moral dilemma a little bit. Yeah. I, well, the word way. dilemma itself implies a sense of morality, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I now I want to talk like just the trolley. Yeah, for people who don't know, it's like you're on a train and there's two separate tracks that are ahead of you, and you're in control of which track you go on. Now, on one track, there's a whole family Mm -hmm. that's stuck on the track for whatever reason. Let's say their car broke down on the track, and if you go that way, they're all gonna die. On the other hand, if you go off to the the other side of the track, to the other lane, um, there's one person. There's one guy standing there working on the track, just minding his own business, doing his job, working on the track. Now it's like, do you go to the right and kill a whole family? Or do you go to the left and kill only one person, but that you still have their blood on your hand. That's still one person's yeah. life. And who knows how many lives their lives affect. And also yeah. it's still gonna affect your life. Cause yeah. either way you have to it's choose. Almost, oh my God. There's so many theories popping up in my brain right now. Cause now I'm thinking of like the butterfly effect where it's like- right. the One little thing will make a huge difference. Make a huge difference. Like yeah. the, the flap of a butterfly's wing. But that has to the do- The tornado with, or whatever. Doesn't that have a little bit to do with like the concept of like fate, whereas this doesn't? I feel like that can go, I feel like oh, that can yeah. branch into ideas. Major research into the butterfly effect. I just know that it's like one little thing can like cause like a real- An avalanche of- So when yeah, you totally. were saying like, oh, if you just kill one person, like- but who, who knows, knows what if he was going to solve happen. cancer? Like, what if he yeah. was going to cure cancer? Soft. And then, yeah, <laughs> solve cancer. What if he was going to cure cancer? Like, like a certain kind of cancer and then save millions of lives. Exactly. And you're, how can you know that though? We don't know that. I know. That, that reminds so me many. of like, there was another like more, I'm going to link it. We're not going to talk about it. I'm going to link it because while I was doing some of game theory facts, I found, um, um, a BuzzFeed article about like moral dilemmas that will break your brain oh, and there was God. something like the the trolley dilemma in there um, okay where it was like you have like six people with um with like organ failure oh and, my uh, god you're the and surgeon. then you have the one person who like is an organ donor but like can live right. or whatever and it's like so do you let the one person who's the organ donor die so you can save six people Dude, or that was you... I but, think but that then was... I'm like you know no like the person the organ donor needs to have his own agency or her own agency or their own agency where like you can't just make that decision for that person <laughs> that's how yeah. I feel about the situation like morally yes I think that was also on the good place ah it might have been I do I remember specifically the trolley I have to watch the trolley dilemma I definitely remember someone I don't remember the um the organ one if they I remember someone dressing up as a surgeon and having that be the dilemma like that it was like who do you choose to save yeah like let this person die save six people yeah or save this one person's life and also all those other people die but it's like who are you to take away that agent that life. that's how I yeah. feel about that moral dilemma I again I'm talking as a person not in that dilemma but I'm just right. like that person has agency over their body and their their rights like even if they're an organ donor they're not a donor until they're, they're dead gone. so they have every right to be saved exactly yeah it's a gross right. situation to think about yeah um, so the next theory I have, well, dilemma I have is uh, the tra- called the traveler's dilemma. And so in game theory, this is a non-zero-sum game. So a non-zero-sum game means that the rewards and cost experienced by all players do not balance. So it either um, they either add to less or more than zero. And then um, 
And unlike in a zero sum game, one player's gain does not necessarily mean another um, player's loss. So in terms of the traveler's dilemma, um, this game actually demonstrates what's called the quote unquote paradox of rationality. So people might not necessarily be making the rational decision because of like the potential uh, payoffs. Mm. Mm -hmm. So actually, so there's um, what it says of the paradox of rationality. It's the irony that making decisions illogically um, or naively will actually produce, like I said before, a better payoff um, in game theory. Right. So the example that Investopedia gives us is that there's um, a scenario where an airline is like severely damages um, these identical antiques purchased by two different travelers. Okay. And so the airline manager is willing to compensate them for a loss of the antiques, but he has no idea about their value. So he tells the two travelers to separately write down their estimate of the value um, between $2 and 100 without conferring with each other. Oh my God, this is like that one game. Um, what game? Crap, I'll think of it, keep talking. I'll think okay. of it. All right, no worries. Um, so there are a couple of um, things that go along with this. So if both travelers write down the same number, he will reimburse each of them for that amount. But if they write different numbers, the manager will assume that the lower price is the actual value and the person with the higher number is cheating. So he'll pay, um, he'll pay both of them the lower figure, um, but the person with the lower number will get a $2 bonus for being honest, where the one who wrote the higher number will get a $2 penalty. What do you think, just you know, hearing that, that little dilemma, what do you think the most rational decision would be, be between choosing two dollars and a hundred dollars um that's what you think it i'll give you i can give you a moment to think too yeah i need a moment to think i definitely need a moment to think um because i feel like this so i need to remember the name of that game because it so reminds me of this board game that my sister has that we play because it is like you have to make sure that you are it's almost like the end of Jeopardy when you're playing Jeopardy like at home and, oh, like, and you kind of have to like bet a certain amount yeah. like and it's like or you will lose that whole amount but oh, yeah. otherwise you can win like, so much like money. $10,000 but you just bet the one dollar because you just. Yeah I don't know I don't know what I would do because I again it's one of those situations where it's like I don't know who the other person is I don't know what the other person yeah, would write. Yeah that's true. It's what just do you so think, hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot what do you think the like Nash equilibrium is what do you think the the, the rational choice to choose between two and a hundred for like maximum payoff for, for maximum payoff mm-hmm. probably to do I don't know this again it reminds me so much of that game and I feel like I'm not good at that game <laughs> you wouldn't I okay. wouldn't go high I wouldn't go high yes. I know that yeah. I know I wouldn't go high yeah so then Nash- that's also like way more of a loss a chance of loss like yeah, yeah. so the Nash equilibrium is choosing two dollars right okay you that makes maximum sense. payoff you both choose two dollars you both get two dollars and you're both reimbursed the two dollars like so that's what you're getting right but so that's the rational choice the irrational choice is trying to figure out what the other person is going to put. So if you assume the other person is going to put a hundred dollars, right? Like, so if you both put a hundred dollars, you'll both get a hundred dollars. That's right. kind of like maximum, maximum, but like, you can't trust that the other person is going to put, put, um, hundred because if the other person puts a hundred and you put 99, you get the 99 plus $2. 
Like, so you'd get $101 and the other person would also get the payoff of 99, but they would get the minus $2. So they'd get 97. So like when you're balancing it out like that. I think that in modern day, Mm -hmm. also coming from New York, because we're from New York. So I'm going to put that mindset into it. Got you. And if I were at JFK and this situation presented it to it to, to me, this is this is the parameters that I'm putting it at. I'm at JFK. I don't know the other person on my flight, but I know that they're also coming into New York. And, and I'm from as you. and I'm from New York, and we have the same antique, right? Yeah. I actually do think I would put the highest amount of money because I think that they also would be like, yeah, this baby is worth this much money, and they're also going to put if there was a limit, yeah. if there was a limit where they're like, you can only go up to a hundred dollars. I feel like I would put a hundred dollars and I would assume that the other person did the same because they want to max out their benefits and hope that. But they, if both they assume the- that you put a hundred dollars. I mean, this is a lot of thought, but if they assume you put a hundred dollars, if they want to max their payout, they would put 99. Yeah. But like, if they assumed we were, I oh, think I would assume that they would also assume that we're each just going to do, let's just go for a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's best case scenario. We each go. But this is almost like prisoner's dilemma, where it's like, let's just both not. I don't need. Let's. I don't need two dollars more than that other person. Yeah. Well. I don't need two dollars more. That's how I feel like. But I feel like this example is a very simplistic example. It is. I get it. I I don't really be a hundred and two. Yeah, I can take a hundred. Um, I can take a hundred. Well, really, the max would be a hundred and one. I know. I I was just saying, like. Yeah, but um, but. Yeah, but it is almost like a version of the prisoners, uh, the prisoners' dilemmas, where it's like, oh well, we'll both only get two years if we jo- both just not confess. But like, and so let's say with other people's morality, and they might not so be playing logically. If we're upping the stakes. Assuming though. rationality, it would make sense that we would both put a hundred to max. Because let's say it wasn't really a hundred dollars. Let's say it was really like either you get ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. I at that point would put $10,000 and assume that the other person would also put $10,000. Cause it's still, we're still getting a good amount of money. I wouldn't risk going all the way up and then not getting money. Basically the other person yeah. did more. Like if they got, if they were able to get more money, either way, it's like how much, how much it's going to be like, at what point are you going to be making a profit? That's how I think of it. At what point would you be making a profit regardless? So I don't know. I would probably, I think it totally depends on the situation. It honestly, depends on the situation. Yeah. But it's, it's it's interesting to think about. There's a lot of factors at play. Because what would you do? What would I do? I would. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like actually I was playing devil devil's advocate with you before, but I feel like I'd also put a hundred. I feel like I'd just go go top. I feel like that's. I wouldn't think too much. I wouldn't. I feel like thinking like, oh well, what if they put ninety nine? So then I have to put ninety eight. And so like this is why the Nash equilibrium is two because it's like the less like it's like you don't have to like worry about it. But like, and that's but that's what I'm saying. I do think that in a like we are coming from a capitalistic society. New York State is a particularly capitalistic state. Yeah. So if I'm doing this in New York State and I'm assuming the other person is also either from New York or doing business regularly in New York, hmm. they're like, all right. 100. let's put yeah like if that's if that's the thing let's put let's put this in a hope for the best I just don't think each. yeah I think I just put 100 because I don't think 
I'd think about it. Like, I don't think I'd be like, oh, well, what would maximize my payoff? It's, uh, well, it'd be like, no, the hundred's the most. And I'm going to- I would be like, this is valuable to me. So I'm putting the max value. I also feel like there are people that exist. And this is, again, just putting that into context who would be thinking like, well, how can I get the extra $2? Because there are people. I know, but that's so dumb. It's, it is really dumb. dumb. I don't think I'd worry about the extra $2. Like, I feel like, like, uh, yeah. like in value, I wouldn't worry about it. But I do know that, like, if this is someone that I'm working with, like, that I'm doing this with that I don't know that has, an, like, another antique. I know. There are people who do think about those uh, that other $2. I know. And so maybe I'd be spiteful and put two. Because, like, if they put 99 and I put two, at least I'm getting $4 and they're getting zero. <laughs> <laughs> But that's me if I'm being spiteful, you know, on like a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's such an interesting uh, situation to think about. I need to remember that game. Yes. I need to remember. Hold on. Let me see if I can quickly. Okay. So I figured it out. It's Wits and Wagers. I don't know. Have you ever played that game, Wits and Wagers? I've never heard of it. I, you know what? Okay. I, I feel like there's been a lot of people talking about board games and now I really want to play board games. So I love board games. Let's play board so. Games. I'm down for that. My sister has a board game, so it's called Wits and Wagers. So yes. each player has to write a guess to a question. Like, like let's just say it's like, um, what year was Barbie created? And then everybody has to put their guess. And play, then eventually you like place it all face up. And then you have to bet, like you look at everyone else's bets. And then you have to bet on like you want to bet on your guess because obviously you wrote it down for a reason yeah think that you know that what if you see someone else's answer and you're like oh that's definitely it then you bet on theirs but like you have to like go you have to bet on the person that's like the closest without going over like you know okay yeah there's like 1955 um and the person put 1954 but someone else put 1956 if you put 1956 you literally lose everything but if you put on 1954 and they're like the closest then you're gonna be getting like the jackpot uh, so this almost you. reminds me of it a Got little it. bit in that you have to like almost like it's it's like playing the odds like it's like yeah. k- kind of figuring out and of course like you don't see it's a different circumstance because like in this traveler's dilemma let's just say like you don't know what the other person is going to write down but yeah. it almost feels like in the same way where it's like who who are you trusting and where do you want to maximize your money at like yeah. how do you want to maximize your money yeah. Sorry, it just reminded me of that. No, like, I think it's very similar. I think there are probably a lot of games that deal with these dilemmas. Yeah, like probably. I was saying before, like with the video game, like the prisoner's dilemma was always popping up in that game. Like, yeah, like trying to figure out what other people were thinking and what other people were doing and like what like the people you trusted, you might not really should have trusted. But right. it all depended on on the universe that such an interesting game, guys. Such an interesting <laughs> game to play it. It's so good. Um, but uh, but yeah, so those are the three dilemmas that I chose for this episode. And again, if you're I'm gonna be linking the source I found all these dilemmas on, and there are more dilemmas and more like um games that deal with this sort of um idea, like in game theory. Right. So, um I hope you enjoyed it. I had I had I did. fun doing like research for this. Again, it's not necessarily like an out of the average topic, but I just I was like, this is it just is like interesting. a thought. This it's is a thought thing. Yeah, and it is interesting like how our brains work, like and how how our more like the concept of morality and whose standards are you judging by? Like yeah. something that we see as moral in our society or even our culture or our friend group 
yeah. might not be even outside of it. So it's just such a matter of like perception. I feel like yeah. it is like a play on perception. Thank you so much for looking into all this. It's so fascinating. Thank you again for bringing up this topic. It's so interesting. And as two people who love mathematics, like I'm always down for like kind of like that. And And also like philosophical, like we definitely should have like an episode on riddles and maybe we can go into like the origin of riddles too. That would be a lot of fun. I love Um, puzzles and riddles and stuff like that. Like escape rooms. I love mm -hmm. escape rooms. Like I just love like- Any tricky game. And like, have you ever played even like like you've played a couple of like these like detective escape room yes, and stuff. I love but, um I love escape rooms in like, real life and I love like puzzle games and video game life. I've so if never, anybody listen, like if anybody plays like puzzle games, like specifically, like if you have a game like Zero Escape and you've played Zero Escape, please let me know because I want to play it. I want to play it so badly. I'm like itching for another type of well, game a, story like that. So I well, I, this is not necessarily a game story, yeah, no but worries. an interesting game um is have you ever played Portal or Portal 2? Um, I've never played it personally, but I have heard of it. So it's the cake so I is played, a lie. What was that? Oh yeah. So I played yeah. all of Portal Two with a friend, and we beat it, and it was like probably one of the most fun video games I played, just in terms of like they're not like so much of storyline, but like yeah. in just trying to figure yeah. out your best options because like you're creating these portals to get into different places. Yeah. But then it's like a puzzle. You have to figure out like which place should you go to first. Yeah. Be able to move forward somewhere else along the line. And it's like that thought perception kind of game. And I love stuff like that. And I'm actually going to my first. I've never been to an escape room. And I'm, I'm an escape room junkie. I mean, not during COVID, obviously. Right. But like now that like things are starting to like open up and obviously we still need to be safe because COVID is Mm -hmm. still around but like I'm really itching to go to one like I'm really itching to go to uh, another escape room I'm so excited because I'm scheduled to go to one in like you're gonna love it three weeks about and I cannot wait with you yeah that's gonna be another you're gonna love another topic too so Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Like one. one day we'll schedule to go to a, an escape room together. Definitely, because mm-hmm. I feel like I want to see how you escape the room. I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm not like fantastic at escape rooms, um, but like also in my escape room like journey, like I guess <laughs> we've done like me and my friends have done a lot of like really advanced ones where we're like right. we had, like we only had the hour and we had to like literally decipher Morse code and like oh wow like, yeah and so like I'm gonna give myself credit that like I've escaped the ones that are like doable but there are like <laughs> ones that like it was like it was like there was literally Morse code on the TV and I was like. I can't I don't even know so that's so funny yeah but but one day we'll we'll do an escape room yeah we'll figure it out (laughs) all right so um we do have a website out of the average pod that's squarespace.com where you can check out our episodes uh we have our we're not consistently uploading transcripts but there are transcriptions for some of our older episodes and then we also have our instagram at out of the average pod where you can check us out there as well. and you can also shoot us an email out of the average pod at gmail.com send us a message let us know if you have any cool video games that are like this or anything or um, if you're a game theorist <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have and you want to talk to us about it or come yeah. on the podcast we're down for that yeah. we're totally down for that so reach out to us and in the meantime guys stay weird stay weird Thank you.